This is a HeadGum Podcast. You or Jayla? Welcome to Weekly, the podcast where you'll learn everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. I'm Lindsay Weber. I'm Bobby Finger. And uh, welcome to the Who's There show of the week of December 20th. Um, you thought that we would maybe not exist this week because of holidays. Well, shows you. Wow. You doubt us. How dare you? We are going to take a day off, but it's going to be Christmas Day, which is next week. Which is Monday. Yeah. Which is Monday. But we are going to come back after that with like a really exciting Who Weekly special event. A very special event that you will absolutely love. It will ring in 2018 with a bang. And not like an event like you have to come to, like an audio event. An event for all of us. On your podcast app. A it's on your podcast app. It's an event for your podcast app. A and podcast you'll love event. it. You'll absolutely love it. It'll be like watching a live musical on NBC, but in your ears and just extremely full of joy. Mm-hmm. Did you watch Christmas Story Live? I didn't know it was absolutely happening until, not. until maybe three days before it premiered. I didn't know it existed. I knew it was happening. It's not in my realm of interest because like, I'm only here for live musicals, not for whatever other version of live television theater. Wait, did they sing? They didn't sing. Yeah, it's based on... Lindsay, you don't know about it? It's no. It was an off-Broadway musical, or maybe it just was in Chicago or something. Lindsay, it was written by Pesek and Paul, the Dear Evan Hansen and Greatest Showman guys in La La Land. So it's kind of like the Greatest Showman of live TV events. Wait, how much stuff have they been doing? Can't they take a break? No, this was before. This was before all of that. Oh, so they sang. Yeah, I still don't they care. They wrote they wrote the Christmas story musical like before La La Land and Dear Evan Hansen and whatever. I haven't heard any oh, music. Oh, so it's contemporary. I, I have no interest in this. I to support them. Yeah, I know. No, um, you know what I, I'm here I for though? I don't like their work. What? I'm here for I'm very excited for Jesus Christ Superstar next year that oh, they just you, cast John Legend. You keep talking about that. I'm still not here for any. I've Wait, never every time John I, every time I give Legend. myself Yeah, I know. But who cares? Every time I give myself <gasps> What do you mean? Um, a reason to be excited about a live musical. It disappoints me. Nothing can make a live musical on television good. I'm That's sorry. the point. That's literally the point. But they're it's never fun. It's not three good. hours. It's, it's always fun. No, you're wrong. You're wrong. Sound of Music with Carrie Underwood was like one of the best things I've ever seen. Peter Pan with Allison Williams was, was terrible. So, Are it you was so me? good. It was so fun to watch. No. Um, what was the other one? Um, oh, you know what was so good? The Wiz Live. That was fantastic. Actually good. Not like fun to watch. Like genuinely good. You know it. I, no, I still didn't finish that one. I just find it, I find them really exhausting after like an hour. You watch them live? Yeah. I'm not going to watch them not live. Grease Live I watched maybe half an hour of. and Grease I Live think, was good. I just don't, I don't think they're fun. They're fun. You're wrong. I'm. Mean, you're wrong on this one. They're very fun. Mm-hmm. Live TV musical is fun. There's, there's so much money and time and effort, and it's so unnecessarily confusing. I think they start fun and they and they wear out their welcome really, really quickly. <laughs> you just wanted to see Jesse J perform the Grease theme song, and then you were like, "I'm out."
This message is for Bobby only because, Lindsay, you're amazing. I'm laying in bed very sick because my child may be very sick, but he's very cute. But Bobby Finger, the Alamo is does not suck. It is not lame. And it's about resilience, resilience to uh, continue the hard-fought battle for Texas independence. So you, sir, a San Antonian, are incorrect. Also, at least you get a raspa. You don't get a Rasba in Waco, okay? Waco sucks. So I think that you need to think about your words against your home state. Um, I love you guys. Have a great week. Shana, bye. Wait, what's a Rasba? A Rasba is like a snow cone. And so, like, the honestly, I should, have, I should have mentioned this, and I'm really annoyed. But, like, the best thing about going to the Alamo is, like, when you're done at the Alamo, you go to the, Ras- the Raspa lady, and she's, like, out in the courtyard selling Raspas, and they're amazing. Which is just a snowball. Yeah, it's like a, it's like, I, I think every, every, every region does it differently, but it's like, you know, in New York, it's more like shaved ice. Yes. This is, this is, it's, it's sort of like that. It's... It's not. It's not quite shaved ice. It's not shaved ice. It's more like a crunchier ice. It's a harder ice. Okay. Can I make a controversial like statement joke? Yeah. Aren't we glad that Texas didn't get independence? (laughs) No. I mean, yeah. Like, aren't we just relieved for that? Like, let's just like let's just like blanket statement. Like, good. Like, good. Let's just let's just be happy. (laughs) Texas, its own country. No, thank you. Can you imagine who the president of Texas would be? Like, just like waging war like randomly on like other states, like poor like New Mexico. Like, eh, get off. No, like Sam Houston would have been like President Sam Houston would have you know, caused a whole lot of problems. Right, it's true. I know. Anyway, so that was one of my best and oldest friends in the whole entire world calling, and I didn't realize until, like, halfway through, I was like, wait, is this Shayna? And then she yeah. said Shayna at the end. Um, so shout out to Shayna. I know she's called in about 100,000 times. One of our most loyal listeners. One. This was a good call because she's mad at me. And honestly, I'm sometimes the most endear to Shayna when she's angry at me, so... Uh, so you were just Shana. trying to get her riled up. Um, speaking of, and she was right. You know, as a San Antonian, I should I should be more respectful of my city's monuments. But it sucks. I'm sorry, Shana. It sucks. <laughs> uh, next call. Next call. Hi, this is David from Newton, Massachusetts. Uh, I'm just calling in response to the segment you had recently about Bitcoin. Uh, I just wanted to say you're wrong, and that was a gift. It was not a joke. Okay, goodbye. In case you haven't figured that one out, that's my brother, David, uh, the benefactor of the 0.01 Bitcoin from last episode, who apparently listens to the podcast on time and was not thrilled that I slandered his gift uh, and his cause. On time. Uh, Yeah, that was very rude. You called it a joke. He did a very nice thing for you, Lindsay, and you disparaged him on on the podcast. How? Um, As my mother would say, what's new? Honestly, what's new? I'm going intru- to introduce this call by saying um, we got 7,000 calls about Salino and Barnes not being regional um, or exclusive to new- the New York area. Good to know. Good to know. Great. None of you are really mad, but, you know, we did get our ass handed to us in a, in a small way. We also got 7 billion calls from people, like, singing their own jingles, which Aww. very sweet and funny, but we cannot play those. But they were fun to listen to. When the sun is blazing and the weather's hot, water country's a very cool spot. Da 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 da. Water country, water country, have some fun. Just call Arrow, Arrow Upholstery. I'm glad that we kind of hit a nerve and uh, made you guys so willing to engage with our content. How how fun, how fun okay. for us. All right, okay. Here's the call. Hey, who weekly? 
Um, I just wanted to call you and tell you that, yes, we have heard of Salino and Barnes outside of New York, and they actually run the ads here in L.A. too. So apparently they have an L.A. office. Who knew? Anyways, okay, bye. I mean, good form, Bella Thorne. Bye. I really liked the tone of that call because she was, like, annoyed and <laughs> and kind of mad, but... You know, she no, did but us a service. It was good. She did and us also, a service. it makes sense. Like, Salino and Barnes make a ton of money. Of course, they have offices in other yeah. cities. We just, like, are stupid. This Can I, can we also got an email about this that I kind of want to read. Yeah, read I don't the email. know if, well, I, don't email. Know if the per, I don't know if the person wants to reveal their we name. We don't have to give their name. No. So, this is, a, this is for a place outside of New York. Mm hmm. So I book ads for NBC, and we had Salino and Barnes on here. Recently, they changed their name to the Barnes Firm and requested that we purge any old Salino and Barnes spots. So just letting you know. So that's interesting. <laughs> it's funny, the Barnes Firm. What a the Barnes Firm. shitty name, the Barnes Firm. That sounds like a joke. Also, you have the most iconic jingle. Like, for you to just shut off that that stream of revenue, people, like, singing your jingle, not good idea. I keep thinking about the drunk caller being like, are they who's are thems? <laughs> there was something about the, her delivery that reminded me of um, Ned Ryerson in Groundhog Day when he goes, uh -huh. am I right or am I right? Or am I right? Or am I right? All right. All right. Because if you do, you could always use a little more. Am I right or am I right or am I right? Right. 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 <laughs> Um, next call, an amazing call. Hi, Who Weekly. Okay, yeah, I, I really don't know how to frame this, but I was at a work dinner tonight at L.A. restaurant, them El Compadre, um, local Mexican chain for people who aren't from L.A. There are like three locations. It's like a sort of a Hollywood institution. I don't know, but it, it, they have valet parking. So to me, that's them. Anyway, I saw one Miss Mandy Moore of NBC's This Is Us tonight um, having dinner with Kevin Can Wait Update them, Aaron Hayes. They were in a group of people that included, like, the Kangol hat guy from This Is Us. I don't remember his name. I just know he he wears Kangol hats a lot. And I was wondering if you could figure out why Mandy Moore and Aaron Hayes know each other. This definitely feels like a weird piece of, like, network TV who weekly synergy. And I was really confused, honestly. P.S. My coworker thought that Aaron Hayes was Minka Kelly, and then I yelled at him for two minutes. So this is what you've done to me. Thanks. Uh, good form, Bella Thorne. Bye. This is an amazing call. I think you spotted so television good. history in the making. Oh, my God. We just, I mean, is this a scoop? No. Is this a potential scoop? No. <laughs> no one so. cares. Um, People care. People love that if show. If you search you Aaron Hayes and Mandy, which one? This is us or? This is us. Kevin can wait. I stopped watching it. It got Well, Shawnee listens still. Shawnee watches still. <laughs> Shawnee watches still. People watch. It's a huge show. My parents watch. Great. So what I'm what if you search Mandy Moore Darren Hayes on <laughs> Twitter or on the internet, you find out that Aaron Hayes played Mandy Moore's sister back in the day for a never seen pilot, which is really funny. So like they look alike because somebody mm -hmm. said on Twitter they look alike. Mm -hmm. And she was like, well, um, actually. 
We did play sisters. But never and the best pilot. part is that Mandy Moore responded, oh, I second that. Because somebody was like, oh, you should like cast her as her sister on This Is Us. And then um, you get like all the articles where people are writing like, oh, you know, they might, she might play her sister. She might play her sister. So this dinner could be confirmation mm-hmm. that Aaron Hayes, our recently departed, she's like, <laughs> <laughs> will be playing Mandy Moore's alive sister on This Is Us, which is a huge upgrade from Kevin Kinway. Come on. I know. Honestly, anytime you go from ghost to the, the world, the land of the dead to the land of the living, it's cause for celebration. And no, but just like in terms of like network and, and, yeah. and show And show, visibility. but it's honestly, it's a huge that's a huge step up. If huge this is, step. If this is her next role, on good riddance, Kevin can wait. Kevin can fuck off, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Kevin, can, Kevin can fuck off. Um, we haven't had a Kevin can wait update, but I guess that counts this as one. This is a Kevin it? can wait update. Aaron Hayes may have just gotten an upgrade. Oh, I'm so proud of her. I knew she would find peace in this journey. Um, that's really wonderful. Thank you, caller, for your eagle eye and for correcting your friend um, who, who thought, thought that Aaron Hayes also, was Minka Minka Kelly. Also, Minka Kelly looks like everyone. That's just like, <laughs> oh, do you see that like random woman anywhere? Oh, is that Minka Kelly? That's no. just like a fill in the blank. Lazy. Every time I every time I cross the street, like, and the little like blinking white person tells me to cross the street, I'm like, oh, there's Minka Kelly telling me to cross the street. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> That's her. Oh, wait, it's just the crosswalk man. It's just the crosswalk man. Can you imagine like a casting call where it's like, we're looking for a Minka Kelly type, you know, just like a woman. All of L.A. shows up. (laughs) All of L.A. shows up. Everyone thinks they look like Minka Kelly because they do. Hey, Who Weekly. I just could not get through the most recent episode without calling in the middle. Huge shout out, New Mexico. Um, Major Who State, but Santa Fe is such a them city. Um, having grown up in New Mexico, I, I was tormented with questions throughout my, you know, late teens, early 20s in college. Is New Mexico actually a state? Do you speak Spanish? <laughs> people actually think it's part of Mexico. You know, people are dumb. Anyway, hope you love Santa Fe. Get that green chili. Love ya. I did eat that green chili. It's very spicy. It's really good. Hash also, chili, did you go to it. college? Like, where did you go to college that people thought that New Mexico was part of Mexico or just <laughs> not a state? I mean, it's really, I mean, this guy is saying from personal experience, people refuse to believe that New Mexico was a state. People also, are stupid. There are always those, those like on Dateline or whatever, uh, you know, so-and-so polled a, a, a sampling of Americans and people think like how, multiple choice, how many states does the United States and people... <laughs> And people are like, when the options are like 45, 49, 50, 52, 51, people, not everyone gets it right. People are idiots. He's right. But it's just funny because New Mexico is not really a hooey state to me because of Santa Fe. Like, if you can't name a city in a state, like, that's kind of more hooey to me, mm-hmm. you know? Like, mm-hmm. what's the big city in, like, North Dakota or South Dakota? Well, not Fargo. Okay, not not Fargo. The, whatever. Like, the states where you literally can't name somewhere inside the state. Also, this is total judgment call. Like, there's no who's and them's of states. <laughs> Hold on. I honestly, I just, did you hear me typing? I just yeah. blanked when I was like, what's a city in North Dakota? <laughs> That's not Fargo. <laughs> of course, Bismarck. I should remember Bismarck, my fifth grade capitals. Wait, I love that you tried to cheat. And then you no, were like, not even, oh, I didn't even I try to cheating. cheat. I didn't even try to cheat. I was just yeah. like, yeah. North Dakota cities. Yeah. Wow, that's sad. I'm sorry, North yeah. Dakota. North Dakota Shout out City. to our six North Dakota listeners that I just shamed you. North Dakota City, North Dakota State. All right. So we've, de- <laughs> we've decided that North Dakota is the only who state because we okay. can't name anywhere in it. Here we go. 
Next call. Hi, Lindsay and Bobby. This is Katie. Um, I'm wondering if you can talk about who are the who's and them's of UFO sightings, um, given the news that UFOs are definitely real, as um, you talked about last week. Um, I'm worried that you're going to say the only them is a Roswell, but that's only to the layman observer, and now we obviously all need to get a lot more research done because um, the truth is out there. Okay, thank you. Bye. The truth is, is out there. Isn't it funny that, like, you like, like evidence of UFOs being real came out, like, this year, maybe, like, last week, and everyone was like, oh, cool, bye, you know? <laughs> Like we're so we we have such PTSD this year that we're all just like UFOs mm, not really my problem right now. It like is I'm really dealing funny. With imagine, it is really funny man, imagining like a, the space the Mars attack spaceship landing yeah, and we're like, no mm. one showing up. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah we're busy voting and stuff. Like we're figuring out like voting. Like we're trying to vote over here. Like can you just like not do that right now? Thank you. <laughs> it's I mean no one cares. No, no one, one cares. cares. Well, Katie cares. <laughs> Katie cares. So we got this call. I listened to it. I didn't put two and two together. This was our friend Katie Haney and not just a random Katie. And I told Lindsay, I was like, oh, should we do this call about who's in them of alien sightings? And Lindsay was like, I'm not sure I know enough. Let me text Katie about it. And Lindsay texted <laughs> Katie about it. And Katie said, wait, that's my call. <laughs> so Which basically like, Katie answered her own question to me over text. Also, but like Katie, she... <laughs> Katie, you know the who's and them's of alien sightings. Why didn't you just give us the who's and them's in the call? Katie answered How her own you, question Katie? to me. And she, <laughs> so we would have said Roswell's the only them, honestly. I would say but Phoenix like, Lights is a them. Okay, Phoenix Lights. But I also really think that who in this is like, who in the way that like f- super fans like, lo- like love the who's, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's not like who's mm-hmm. like, no one knows about it, but it's like you have to be a super fan to know about like, Katie suggested the Rendlesham Forest incident, which I'd mm-hmm. never heard of. The, the only thing I knew about it was that it was, like, the big one in England. That's all I know about it. And then Katie also mentioned the man, Travis Walton, who I knew because he was on an episode of Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Did you – do you remember this episode? These guys are the alien hunters? Yeah, right up here. I've arranged for Alejandro, the alien expert, to meet us on our way to Area 51. I found this guy who – did an article about Kendall tweeting about UFOs. So he is like an expert at Area 51. Hello. I'm Chloe. Hello. Hi, nice to meet you. Hi, I'm Chloe. Great to meet you. Hi. In 1975, Travis Walton was actually missing for five days. The police even did a missing persons report and then they found out he was really just abducted by aliens. I want to hear his alien abduction story. I'm really excited. I don't remember the episode, but I have seen the movie that's based on his life. Um, Fire in the Sky. Fire in the Sky. That was sort of a big deal. So for five days, a man was borrowed. (laughs) The story that Travis Walton and five other witnesses told was so unbelievable, so unimaginable, that it has become the most famous case of UFO abduction ever reported. Well, he was abducted. Yeah, he was abducted. And the and the guy who played uh, Travis Walton in Fire in the Sky is the guy who's in The Cutting Edge. Well, were you a big okay. fan of The Cutting Edge when you no. were growing up? I was no. obsessed with Cutting Edge. I don't know. My parents like Cutting Edge, and so I like Cutting Edge. What is The Cutting Edge? It was a, it's like a rom-com, but it's one of, it's the, the woman in the rom-com is a figure skater and the man, sorry, a heterosexual rom-com, and the man is a hockey player. And they're like... And they hate each other, but then they love each other. And they're, it's like about the Olympics. It's about the Winter Olympics. Is this Olympics. D.B. Sweeney? Yeah, D.B. Sweeney. I don't remember who the 
um, figure skater was. But it was written by the guy, really funny, it was written by the guy who wrote, like, Michael Clayton and the Bourne movies. Mm-hmm. It was really funny. And he, mm-hmm. like, started on, like, a rom-com. Okay, but who is Tracy Torme who wrote Fire in the Sky? Oh, she wrote Sliders. Oh, I... Remember that movie? I remember it was a show. I remember that show. And her Jerry father was a was singer, Mel Torme, who wrote the Christmas song Chestnuts Roasting on an Open Fire. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Honestly, wow, it always love, goes back to like we, something like that. I love when we really follow the breadcrumbs and do our research live. <laughs> I'm pretty sure this guy's Jewish, so another Jew writing a classic Christmas song. <laughs> Whose daughter also wrote Fire in the Sky, which was the which was the who of alien sightings. Wait, I'm sorry. Jews writing classic Christmas songs is a thing? I didn't know. I love that. Wait, excuse me, Bobby. Every Christmas song has been written by a Jew. Also, <laughs> last night someone told me that I bring up Jewishness too much on the podcast recently. Very true, but I'm triggered by the holidays. Secondly. Wait, wait. Which, which other Christmas songs are written by Jews? I love Bobby, that. every Christmas song is written by Jews. Think of a Christmas song. It's written by Jews. Jingle Bells. Written by a Jew. <laughs> See, you're making that up. Are you serious? No, I'm not. Hold on. It's it's written by Jews. Oh, wait. Okay. That one might not be written by Jews. <laughs> wait. That one was written by like a really old person. So no. He was a pastor. Go. Give me another one. Uh, the Christmas. I mean, uh, no. Uh, 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 Joy to the World. Well, Joy to the World was definitely written by like a Catholic. Yeah, that's, that's but, like um, a hymn. Wait. Um, uh, Christmas, baby, please come home. How, what's that song even called? Christmas, baby, please come home. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I can't believe you didn't know that all Christmas songs are written by Jews. Jeff Barry, is that a Jewish name? Barry. Wait, I already he the guy who wrote Christmas, baby, please come home. His name was Jeff Barry, and I was like, Jeff Barry, is that a Jewish name? I don't think so. And I clicked, and he was born Joe Adelberg. <laughs> 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 Joe Adelberg of Brooklyn. <laughs> Wrote Christmas, baby, please come home. I love this. Yeah, you. I oh, can't he was you Jewish. Didn't know this. Yeah, it says he was Jewish. Also, like that's in amazing. Very, in very Jewish like lore, it's like all Jews know what Jews have done. So like, <gasps> like knowing like all Jews being like, mm, well, written by Jewish person is like the most like to spite Christmas. It's like, yeah, we wrote like Rudolph. We wrote Little Drummer Boy. We wrote <laughs> like Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree. We wrote Silver Bells. We wrote I'll Be Home for Christmas. So basically all of them. God, if you play, it, like, if you play any Christmas song written by a Jew backwards, it, like, reads a passage from the Torah. <laughs> it's like an Easter egg. It's like, fun fact about Christmas songs written by Jews. I love that Jewish people wrote so many Christmas songs. I had no idea. I feel like yeah. an idiot for not knowing that, but that is incredible, and I love it. That's incredible. It's really good. Yeah, I'm glad. You, I'm surprised you didn't know that. Like, I feel like that's a thing, but mm-hmm. I think that's only a thing because I know that's a thing because I grew up knowing that. Yeah, maybe it's like a thing that like Jewish families know where it's like, LOL, we get the last laugh. We wrote that shit. <laughs> Hi, Who Weekly. It's Madison. Um, who is Lil Pump? He looks like he's like a 17-year-old rapper. I I was very confused who Post Malone was when he came out, so I'm... Oh, it sort of cuts out, but whatever. Um, whatever. I'd sort of, I'd sort of heard about him in passing, but I'd never really looked into him. I didn't realize he was only seventeen. He is actually seventeen. Um, I've he was seen him born in two thousand year of our 2000, Lord, 2000. I can't believe it. He gets, um, he gets a lot of. He's been getting a lot of press coverage this past fall. But the one thing I remember reading about him that I guess I didn't really associate with him. I just remember reading that a song was the shortest Hot One Hundred Top Ten in like forty years. 
his hit song is only two minutes long. <laughs> really? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, his song. Gucci Gang um, or whatever? Yeah, Gucci Gang. Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang. Spread their rats on new chain. My bitch love do cocaine. Ooh, I fuck a bitch, I forgot name. So he recently got headlines for that, but he's 17 years old. He's he's a SoundCloud rapper, which is yeah, SoundCloud like rapper. a very specific genre that only like relates to like four months in time mm-hmm. where that was a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not Lil he's, Peep. Lil his, Peep. His real name is Gazzy Garcia. Yeah, do not confuse him with Lil Peep. He's, he's not, not Lil Peep. Lil, Lil Peep, Peep is dead, unfortunately. But they were friends. What mm-hmm. I love about my favorite thing about Lil Pump is there are two really good um, conspiracy theories about him. Mm-hmm. Ooh, conspiracy that he theory. has started, like that he personally has started. Mm-hmm. One is that he dropped out of Harvard, which is great, but like he, no one knows whether he did. He said, I really did drop out of Harvard to save the rap game, but there are no details about his potential subjects, courses, or scholarships to back up his claims. Yeah. So no one knows whether Lil Peep, little sorry, ugh, no one knows whether Lil Pump went to Harvard. And the other thing is Lil Pump is really obsessed with Miranda Cosgrove from iCarly. This is because, really funny. Because and it's sort of bad, it makes but it's sense. sort of funny. No, but it makes sense because he's 17. So if you do the math, like when Lil Pump was like a kid, like iCarly was a big show. Was all over the was all so, over the TV. Right, so so iCarly is like Lil Pump's like um, Pamela Anderson, okay, but not okay, but like not. wow, we are really <laughs> we're really showing our age when the best we can do for like TV like hot sorry. TV stars Pamela I'm so, Anderson. I'm sorry, but like like nostalgia wise, like if you're a certain age, fuck you. Anyways, <laughs> the point is that Lil Pump likes to tweet about iCarly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Licky wrote like I Carly I'm trying to fuck. I love this. I see. I don't really love like if he he didn't have to go there, but but um, it's like kind of funny because it's like I Carly like she's not I, like that's just a character. Yeah, I do love <laughs> I do love this screenshot that you got from clearly a website that's like who the hell is uh, Lil Pump? Yeah, yeah. But it says Lil Pump makes no secret of the fact that he wants to have a relationship with iCarly actress Miranda Cosgrove. The rapper frequently mentions the 24-year-old on social media and even baked a cake with her face on it. I know, it's really good. <laughs> iCarly, I'm trying to fuck, so I made you a cake. <laughs> yeah, it's great. So those are the two, like, like those are the best things that we know about Lil Pump, basically. iCarly, that... <laughs> I'm trying to fuck. Oh my god. Hi, so I have some scoop on Michaela. I'm not even sure if you guys will find this of interest, but Michaela, like the little Michaela who's all over Instagram and like has a song on Spotify and it's just like this weird graphic interpretation of like a person and looks real, but like is so obviously sick at the same time. Um, so basically it is one of my friend's ex-boyfriend's project. And I know because he was reaching out because he's looking for, like, engineers um, to help keep him, like, promoting this, like, fake person. Um, And he's, like, this, like, kid from L.A., and I think he's, like, 22 or something. So it's basically just, like, a social experiment. Um, In my opinion, I kind of, like, hate it. But, I mean, I think it's cool how she's basically just, like, every bitch on Instagram that you've ever creeped on, except she's fake, but also realer than the average. I don't know. That's cynical, but I think her platform's interesting. Anyways, yeah, so that's my take, and and that's the scoop. It's made by this kid I know. 
Okay, um, good form, Bellathorn. Also loved your Boston show. One of our favorite categories of calls, apart from the ones where we are um, chided, is when we hear about something that we had no idea about before the call, and one of those I things is read Lil about Lil Michaela. I read about her because there was like a brief period of time where like there was a ton of trend articles about Lil Michaela, where it's like the real fake girl or whatever. Completely like, missed those. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, like, you know we love Poppy, so clearly this is right up our alley. Like, mm-hmm. this is, like, proto-Poppy, kind it's of. Poppy, well, it's Poppy to the extreme, because Poppy's, uh, real. Poppy's a human. Poppy's flesh and blood. Lil well, Michaela is, is all CGI. So, but a lot of people did write about Lil Michaela, and it came out. Like, people said, like, oh, she's we're, she's fake. I mean, she mm-hmm. is fake. Like, I love the... Anyways, so the person who was named to be, who may be the person you're referring to is this artist named R.T. Poppenberg, which Mm -hmm. is funny, who deleted his Instagram, which says something, Mm -hmm. who is supposedly the person behind Michaela. But I feel like it's funny. She just dropped merch. Did you see this? I saw the merch. She dropped merch to benefit the victims of the California fires, which Mm -hmm. kind of rules. Yeah. So like I, that's what I liked about the caller said that she's like, I hate Lil Michaela, but I also like her because she's like like a good version of the irritating Instagram version. It's just because she's she's doing everything. So it's like she's woke, she's a model, she's doing SpawnCon, but she's also doing activism and she's doing like um charity. She's doing everything. everything her merch everything is good all at once. Um also her uh, comments are fucking amazing. I'm reading them right now. Um somebody called Spirit of the City is responding to every single comment with learn how to spell. She's actually a real person, but I'll let you figure that one out. The mystery isn't hard. You're even mm-hmm. dumb if you think she isn't real, El Mayo. Go find her. It's actually pretty easy. I've already seen her here. No, <laughs> like, she's, she's very no, fake. She, she's the funniest, not the funniest not photos on her Instagram are the ones when she's with real people. So they just like Photoshop her into photos with real people. And Yeah, it's amazing. She's very uncanny valley. Like she's she she lives in that space. And not just because not just because of her being animated, but what the person is doing is really actually interesting. They're like taking real photos of people in clothing, I think, and then kind of putting her in them so the bodies look very real because I think the, the bodies are real. I think the bodies are sometimes fake though. If you look at if you look at the feed, sometimes everything looks fake and only the background okay, looks real. Okay, but this body is real. I don't know. I to me, the whole thing looks fake, but I, I don't know. I still think this entire person looks fake. I mean, I, obviously her head is very fake. Yeah, but I think but the clothes, like even the clothes look fake to me, but I, I don't know if I'm just scrutinizing this a little too hard. And so a lot of a lot of these defenders of Lil Michaela, although she doesn't really need defenders, um, <laughs> say that she is a real person and they just like, fa- they just over face tuned the face. So no, like, there's the a difference between the too art much is face, that yeah. someone just overly photoshopped the face, but there's no way that's the case. Shane Dawson, the the hideous YouTuber, hideous not physically, just like hideous in terms of like down to yeah, a, like yeah, on the yeah. level of his soul. Um, Shane Dawson did this horrific interview with her over the phone that is impossible to watch. You dropped the link in and I couldn't even finish it. Because well, he's it just like so interviewing brutal. some girl that's like pretending to be her and she's like, I'm real. And it's like, okay, fine. So I keep getting asked if I'm real or fake, but I'm really here. I'm really talking to you. I'm really DMing people. I'm just trying to make some great art and make the world hurt less. But obviously somebody had to be singing the song that like got released on Spotify yeah. that is like her. Not mine. You just want to waste my time. Can't let you get away on my time. I'm falling, I'm falling, I'm fine, I'm fine. Clearly there's like now kind of women stand-ins pretending to be Michaela. Anyways, I love it. And what's funny about the song is that it's auto-tuned to death. Like, it's auto-tuned right. so much, and that's part, of, that's part of the joke. 
Well, you know about Hatsune Miku, right? You know about Hatsune Miku. of course. So anyone who doesn't know about Hatsune Miku, Hatsune Miku is a Japanese pop star who is created by a crowdsourced software program in Japan. And Mm -hmm. she is literally a hologram who tours and sings. But her music is made of like... Uh, lots of people contributing music to like a piece of software that then like puts out her songs, mm-hmm. which are not that bad. And she's pretty fun to watch too. Like she's it's weird. She has like she's wings. Great. <laughs> yeah. But so it's just, this is like, these are all projects, Poppy, Hatsune Miku, Miguel Michaela of the same origin, which actually makes mm-hmm. them all really interesting. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Anyway, Me thank too. you caller. I didn't know anything about this and thank you for the scoop. The confirmation that, uh, Lil Michaela is fake as hell. Hi, New Weekly. This is Eric. Um, love you guys. I am calling because Lady Gaga just announced a Vegas residency. Obviously, Gaga's a them, Britney's a them, Celine Dion, Mega them. But is it just me, or do Vegas residencies still feel kind of hooey? Or have they graduated? Uh, let me know. Thanks. Bye. I think they've graduated. Mm-hmm. Who? I think Celine graduated the Vegas residency. Yeah. Don't Celine did, and Celine did, and I think Britney I did. Almost, I almost sort of think I, I was gonna say I don't think Britney really did it because Britney Britney almost seemed a little sad at first, and then Britney became triumphant after it was so successful. I think maybe J Lo sealed the deal. You have to be like successful, Vemi, on your own terms, yeah. and then do Vegas like as a choice, not as like a right, like exactly a op- only option. Britney Britney didn't necessarily feel like a choice. <laughs> yeah, but, but but I think. I think once Britney and JLo were doing them at the same time, it was like, oh, whoa, this is this is amazing. And then whenever you saw how successful Britney's show ended up being, um, I, I think there's no doubt that a residency is like a huge But also deal. like Elton John could tour and he does yeah. Vegas. I mean, mm-hmm. also to be fair, it's not like these people are stuck in Vegas for years. Like they, no. they do like a little bit on, they do a little bit off, they yeah. can tour, they go back, whatever. So They keep they keep their enormous mansion in Vegas and then they go it, back to Vegas. I mean, they go back to Las, uh, Los Angeles is, or New York or wherever. As somebody who's literally going to be the first person like online to go see Gaga in Vegas, mm-hmm. like it's perfect for her. Mm-hmm. I will say it is kind of early for her she's maybe one of the earlier artists who Mm -hmm. to get on the Vegas bandwagon if you think about it just because most of the Vegas people have had like you know five or six albums they're like not that they're past due but they're just kind of like further along in their careers yeah they're at a weird lull Gaga's like not really that she performed at the Super Bowl last year like she she's not it's it's a little bit uh, interesting, different, and it's and you and you think of it as someone who's a little older, and it's like maybe I don't really want to go on a world tour. Maybe I'm too right. like I'm too old to just travel the world. Not in terms of like to I'm a not performer, able. It's not in terms genius. of like yeah. Not in terms of I'm not physically able, and just in terms of like I'm over it. Just give well, me something also, easy. Give me if some you easy saw money. if you saw the Gaga documentary, you know that she's sick, and mm-hmm. so. You know what? It's probably easier for her to be in one place with like a bunch of good ass doctors, like and figuring that stuff out and doing like one show a night or something. And also, or she's probably a few shows a week. When she does this, she's probably going to be fresh off promoing or um, around, like simultaneous to the promotion for A Star Is Born. So there's probably going to be a right, lot of overlap with right, the music from right, that movie. Right. I right. think it's like overall a, a really big forward thinking business decision for her. And again. I don't know. We think of this very selfishly because we want to go. Like it's a very selfish. All I want is to uh, go to this. Opinion. When is I it? Know, when same. is it actually going to start? Was there any rumor about that? I don't know. Probably not until like they just announced it was happening. So we've seen Shania, we've Celine. Seen Celine. Fun fact about our trip to Vegas to see Celine Dion. When we went to see Celine Dion, two of our friends who came with us to see Celine Dion canceled their 
plans to see Celine Dion last minute because they decided to see Pitbull instead. (laughs) Disgusting. And then they bought tickets to Pitbull, left us behind at Celine Dion, and while they were at Pitbull, J-Lo showed up as a surprise guest, which is great for them. I'm still ashamed of them for doing that. Moving on, last call. Hi, this is Katie. I am a big fan, and this is my first time calling. On the show, when the caller referred to spinning and hearing the song This Is Me, I instinctively thought they were referring to the song This Is Me by the girl pop group Dream circa like 2000, 2001. But of course, there was a reference to The Greatest Showman. But now I'm wondering whatever happened to Dream and for that matter, what happened to Bewitched? Uh, Good form, Bella Thorne. Thanks. The answer to dream, I don't know why this call charmed me so much, but it did. So the answer to the dream thing is um, really, really easy. They broke up. Then in 2016, they announced that they were going to get back together. And then two months later, they were like, oh, never mind. We're not. We broke up again. <laughs> Wait, that's so good. <laughs> yeah. So also, they... don't forget that dream was a group put together by Diddy. Mm-hmm. So like there was always kind of like a not, there was no longevity in, the, in that project, basically. Yeah. My favorite thing about this call is when I looked up what was going on with Bewitched, uh, in case you don't remember the formatting, the style of Bewitched, it's B asterisk witched. There's no W and there's no E. It's great. Bewitched had that iconic song with the video, uh, Say La Vie. Great song. Say you will, say you won't, say you'll do what I don't. Say you're true, say to me, say la vie. Okay, but they also probably were like the biggest Irish pop stars. Like like Ed Sheeran is like, who else is like an Irish pop the star? The Coors. Okay, okay, fine. Who else? No, but I think the cores may have been a little bigger. I'm just saying, like, Bewitched was the rare Irish <laughs> right, no, girl right. group. Like, was there, the, like, that's such there a rare. There was the Sheeshaws. The Sheeshaws. Stop they were it. Great. Stop um. it. Stop it. <laughs> no, so. Searsha and the Sheeshaws. Searsha and the Sheeshaws. So. <laughs> Wait, wouldn't it be funny if you had a tongue twister, but it was like, she, see, she sells Sheeshaws by the seashore, and you have to say it really fast? Searsha sells seashells by the seashore. God, that's a nightmare. You have to say sea, sea, seashore. That's harder. By the seashore. Sersha, Sersha sells, sells seashells by the seashore. Seashells oh by the god. seashore. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> Dennis Quaid's head explodes. <laughs> my favorite. My favorite. So there's really not much to say about Bewitched either. So they broke up in 2002, which is like, of course they did. They were done. So was like that. that type of music. Yeah, that type of music was over. <laughs> But they got back together in 2012 because around that time, it was very trendy for early aughts pop groups to get back together. (laughs) They're like, we're back. It was. It was. It was like, we're back. See, Dream tried it, but it didn't work for Dream. But it worked for Bewitched. And they still, they recorded music and they kept touring and they're doing well. They released an EP called Amazing Title, Champagne or Guinness. Amazing. Which is very good. They were so Irish. Irish. They're so so Irish. Irish. But my favorite thing about the Bewitched Wikipedia is you have to see this. You have to see the visual. So a great thing Wikipedia does um, with uh, contestants on reality shows and Why do they do this? I don't know who makes these visuals, but they're so good. So they show timelines and then they, for like every member of whatever it is, whether it's a group or uh, the cast of a show, and they show like the timeline, uh, who was there when. And usually they're only interesting whenever people come and go and there's a lot of overlap and there's... You only do this whenever the timeline is actually sort of dynamic and interesting. Like it's in where the, it one, would be confusing to know who was on what right, show right. when or who was in what band when. They do it also for like bands a lot. Yeah, yeah. And so same. in this one, it's like Adele, Kiwi, Lindsay, and Sinead. Also one of there's their names Lindsay? is Sinead, which is amazing. Yeah, Lindsay, but it's spelled with an A. 
Oh. So it shows their four timelines completely, completely overlapped from 1997 to 2002. Then they all have a, an exactly 10-year break. And then it starts up again in 2012. Just showing back. Like, this timeline is completely unnecessary. And it's so funny. It looks like a They're flag. Back. They're the back. best part about Bewitches, well. C'est La Vie, is that it really wraps in um, Irish music to it, like very purposefully, where it's like, you might as well have like a bunch of leprechauns in this video. It's like, no, no, no. You know, like, do you remember the intro? It's like, <laughs> we've never had a more iconic Irish pop star aside from Bono from U2. Before we, before we, before we, end this, before we end this, let me, let me read this line from the C'est La Vie Wikipedia. C'est La Vie has been featured in numerous films and television shows since its release in 1998, including Smart House, 99, Daria, 99, What Women Want, 2000, and Life Size, 2000. Great. Huge success. That's an amazing list of music. music. Huge success. We are done for today. Yeah, we're What a we're good and long our... episode. Was it good? I think it was really good. I like when you cracked up over Jewish people writing Christmas music. I love it. That's truly us. It's so, I just, I'm so, I'm elated to, to know about that. Um, also, I want to congratulate you. Um, the, this, the, the greatest showman embargo is lifted. I just wanted to congratulate you and me on this occasion. Um, do you have any uh, additional, uh, additional comments now that we are completely. It's very bad. (laughs) I would like to say it's very bad. I liked a lot of it, but a lot of it is bad. I did. I loved. I love that Rebecca Ferguson song. I think the Zac Efron know, Zendaya choreography was great. A lot of most of it was really embarrassing. My main comment was Zac Efron deserves better. Mm-hmm. He deserves more. He deserves attention and care and some thought behind mm-hmm. his next decisions on what to do as an actor. Mm-hmm. They're so mean to the freaks in that, and I can say freaks because they say freaks one hundred thousand times. The whole in that movie. movie is about finding freaks. Oh, where's the freak? Fre- and then he doesn't find give freaks. a shit about the freaks. Yeah. He treats the, sh- the freaks like shit. Yeah, <laughs> um, but the best can we can we spoil if you don't want to listen to how the the movie Greatest Showman ends? Skip to the end of the podcast. Just stop listening to the podcast. We're at the Just end. Turn you it can off stop. Now. You can turn it off. Here is how the Greatest Showman ends. You don't need the context. So it ends with him handing, um, literally handing the reins over to Zac Efron. At which yeah. point, Lindsay turns to me and goes, "Instant upgrade." <laughs> The show immediately gets better. The greatest show. Well, literally, they have Zac Efron perform in the circus. And you're like, wow, now this is a circus I would see. (laughs) You know? Second of all, as Lindsay said, as we left the movie, she was like, that's not how a circus works. (laughs) The circus has never looked like a circus does in Greatest Showman. And that's not what a circus is. Point being, the movie ends with (laughs) Hugh Jackman Jackman saying, okay, bye. Bye, circus. Uh, Zac Efron, you can take the circus from me. Uh, We'll be partners, but uh, 50-50, but I'm not going to be in the circus anymore. Take the reins. And then he's like, I have somewhere to be. And then he leaves the circus. And then you see a shot of Michelle Williams and her kids, and their kids, walking up the steps of, I think, the Met for some reason. And then like some recital hall. Some recital. And then they turn, and and someone's like, oh, hey, girls, whatever, it's me. And then they turn, and the reveal at the end is that Hugh Jackman rode an elephant to the recital and he's showing up like at the valet the 19th century valet and he's like hello girls i'm here on the gigantic cgi but it's elephant also just like this is the first time that we've seen an, an elephant a cgi elephant in this movie when like a lot of the undertone of the circus is like they abuse elephants <laughs> yeah so if you yes. were at all thinking like mm, when did the abuse of the elephants happens in this movie? Well, here you go. Hugh Jackman riding the elephant just to like go get his kid go to his kid's recital is your is your example. Finale. Yeah, it's is insane. your finale. Yeah. We're done. Have a good weekend. 
Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. We'll see you in the new year. Maybe a little sooner. Who knows? I don't know. Maybe we'll surprise you. Is that good? <laughs> Wait, yes, but we're also, so we're not going to have an episode we're next week. We're not going to have a, an episode on, on Monday, no. Sorry. Um, Sorry. But like, you should probably just like enjoy the holiday. Maybe go see The Greatest Showman. Or don't. <laughs> Bye. Bye. You will very much. If this is her next role, on good riddance, Kevin can wait. Kevin can fuck off as far as I'm concerned. That was a headgum podcast. <laughs>